We invented a position where I could be inside of Ginger that we called the reading position. Right. Which essentially was scissoring with my cock inside of her. <laughs> and I could prop myself up on my elbow and still read dirty stories to her. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 52. We're Finn and Emma. And we've got some... Amazing guest today. Nicest guest we've ever had. Not to say the other ones I was gonna say. weren't nice, but literally every time we asked a question, they're like, wow, that's an amazing question. You're an amazing host. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing like stroking our egos. Yeah, you'll see this is Ginger and the Prof from the Life on the Swing Set podcast. If you're not familiar, go check that one out too, but only after you listen to this episode. Yeah, and this is actually really cool because... We've listened to basically all the life on the swing sets, and I don't know that we've ever heard this full story as it's told. And right. and they even talk about how they go to some places they've never really gone. So it's really cool to hear them sort of dive in deep. And it's an amazing interview. They're amazing people, and we're happy to call them friends. Yes. What? What? I was just going to say, we have a couple of quick announcements to make before, as usual, before we get into the episode. Really quick. The first is, we're going to be at the Atlanta Poly Weekend Conference, June 7th through the 9th, 2019. So, if you're curious and want to come meet us, check it out. Come see us. There will be links in the show notes, links on our webpage. Also, links you can find there are for two of our favorite ways to keep yourself safe when you're doing it. Yeah. First one. My One Condoms, custom fit condoms, 10% discount if you use the offer code EMMA. No guarantees you'll get to use the condoms with EMMA. <laughs> you never but know. At, but at least you know they'll fit if yeah. you get the chance. <laughs> nice plug. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh-huh. Second one is STD Check. We talk about them a lot because we love them a lot. And mm-hmm. we think everybody seems to be loving them a lot. And you can get it $10 off just by using the links on our webpage, or we have a contest going on through the end of March and you should go apply because you could get a, you could win a $50 gift card. You said, or, but it's also, and you can get the $10 off and use the $50 gift card. Good, good catch. So I recommend doing both, but if you, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Our website, just a quick reminder, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Cassidy under the screen name NNM Podcast. Let's go see what Ginger and the professor have to say. Yes, enjoy this one. All right. Wow. Yeah. Should we 
Should we do it? Yeah, let's go. We're always awkward starting. We're well, we're awkward all the time. <laughs> just oh my gosh, time. you guys are adorable. I have listened to a handful. I just didn't listen to the the flip side one, and yeah, so there's that. So you be you. I'm all excited. Right. <laughs> well, thank you both, Ginger and the Prof Ryan. <laughs> we couldn't decide what to go with, so we're we'll go with Ryan. How about and so Ginger of Life on the Swing Set fame and her esteemed husband. Also of Life on the Swing Set fame, but <laughs> you didn't have, is, where are you yeah, gonna go I've, there? I've got nowhere to go, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let <laughs> you two. I'll let you two take the awkward baton and and carry it the rest of the way. Uh, maybe introducing yourselves a little more and a little more bio, and we'll go from there. Well, I'm gonna let Ginger do it because she is the original fangirl of Life on the Swing Set. <laughs> Want to tell the story about your original fangirl? Them, uh, sure, Cooper? I certainly can. So you know, I a million years ago, it feels like um, in it's part of our story, really. One of the things that I was doing was looking for resources for us, and stumbled across the very brand new website, Life on the Swing Set, and sent an email to Cooper S. Beckett, who did not have an S in his name at the time. And then they asked me on the show. And as I often say, I did the Betica episode where I said the word um more times than anyone really, um, really deserves to say the word um. Um, So there it is again. And then the rest is history. So here we are years and years later. But what I love about that is my initial search was looking for resources. I mean, part of it was part of my job, but part of it was just us looking for resources because we were, I wouldn't say we were newly, newly out at that point or newly open, but we had a couple of years under our belt and we were looking for more resources. So, and, yeah. So, and so you went from looking for the resources to creating the, them for thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> I would say so. And like I said, I'm just very grateful that there was a resource out there at the time that Coop and Dylan began because they knew that there was an absence um, of educational resources that weren't feeling either completely kiss and tell, which there's nothing wrong with, but isn't always instructional and, or was, this is an awful choice and you will fail. Um, and so they provided something that I was really excited to get on board with. And also speak to, you glossed over earlier how (laughs) you have professional training as a sexologist. So you're an expert in how they teach things, but that doesn't necessarily translate perfectly into being a practical expert. Yeah. That's that's not a criticism. No, no, that's totally. You have a certain role to play and you get trained in how to play this role. Right. And you're in the middle of it. Right. Two very different things. Indeed. Indeed. So, so Ryan said that beautifully and yes, I, do that as my day job as well. And again, this was years ago and it was also in a time in our relationship that was very, um, wonderfully complex for lots of life reasons, professional reasons and family reasons and other things. And so looking for 
a community and some support around our choices at the time and me coming out as bisexual in those pieces of the puzzle, I mm-hmm. think it, it was fun to make that connection and be able to um, utilize my professional expertise in a way that was also um, as we like to say, edutainment a little bit. But with that being said, I also want to share, and and I don't know, Finn and Emma, if you know this, but we actually started as Ginger and the Professor because we had a blog even before that for a couple of years called Ginger and the Professor. Um, I don't think I is, knew that. I did, yeah. but I had for, I don't maybe I've forgotten it. <laughs> it's like I didn't want to brag, but <laughs> <laughs> didn't think. Ginger and the Prof lore. I was, I was early. I was writing Ginger and the Prof fan fiction before before it was popular. I think you sent us any. Well, it's personal. Okay, that's so that that would lead us to believe that there was something to be told before you came on life on this swing set. Maybe in terms of how did you get into the whole non-monogamy world? That's an awesome question. And I, I love to reflect on that because, and I always, I always love to hear Ryan tell his part of this story and what he sees, um, in his mind's eye from that time. It was, it, it was very much so the ginger and the professor blog, we were, and continue to be, I think it lives somewhere, maybe Twitter. I'm not sure where else, but the blog is gone. I think actually Ryan's sort of trying to look for it and he's going to find the non us version. <laughs> I know he's browsing another person's blog. That's the ginger, the professor. It's the other ginger professor who's very sad that they chose that because now <laughs> when people look, they're like, Oh wait, these aren't the right people. Um, we created the blog because it was, we were castaways from the sexually repressed culture. These two people, these two, two poor people, are getting hit on all the time. <laughs> like, oh, are you ginger and the prof? Yeah. So you no one be... else can see what you're browsing. So that's a little awkward. <laughs> just, just go to. I'm not going to give up the address. No, please don't leave these poor people to their to their life. Okay. With that being said. <laughs> we- Felt like we were castaways from the sexually repressed culture. That was our jam. And so right. it was very much, and I always love to hear Ryan tell this part of the story because, oh no. I did find found it. it. Told you. Okay. <laughs> Just now, live on our show. <laughs> Does exist. The adventures and perspectives of castaways from the sexually repressed culture. The header is cute. Yeah. So it is. Ginger and the prof dot blogspot dot com. Wow. It will be okay. in the show notes. That is a lot. Right if on. People actually make it there, then we could make it to the New York Times bestseller list. Oh my gosh, scroll back down. I need to see. This is ridiculous. We need to focus. Um I wanna reread these. Two thousand nine. Okay. First post was 2009. It's seven posts in 2009. So that was, let's leave that there now. And, um, that, <laughs> that, it can, she does not want me to reread. That, that, that's what this interview is going to turn into. Yeah. You guys rereading all your blog posts from 2009. <laughs> A dramatic reading from nine years ago. So what I want to offer though, is we were open well before that. And us offering on the blog was really our first, 
our first foray into wanting to find community. Yeah. I think. And well, also our and first foray into sharing what we were, what we were learning. And we're both writers. And at the time I had a job that required me to travel a lot for work. So Ginger and I were not together all the time. So we actually did a lot of writing to each other. That's exactly Which right, was kind yeah. of the precursor to intellectual foreplay. Exactly. Our podcast today where we're able to chat and capture those lessons that we develop through our conversations with everybody. And, and gratefully, we're able to do that in person now because Ryan's job has shifted so that the travel is less, although he still travels, but that actually harkens back to part of our Genesis story, which I believe Finn and Emma were asking about, which is how we got rolling in our open relationship. And my answer is usually a one sentence answer, which is, <laughs> I know you never have a one sentence. Answer. Did you notice? Did you, did you feel me just pause waiting for your laugh track to come in? Because I knew you were going <laughs> to <No>. laugh. <laughs> It was a, it was just one sentence that started eight minutes ago. It's fine. <laughs> Punctuation be damned. I have a lot to say. No, truly, I typically will say I've always known that I was bisexual. And when Ryan learned I was bisexual, he decided, hey, that sounds delightful. What do you do with that other part of your sexuality? Yeah. And we went from well, there. Hold that thought. That was the end of the sentence. So It was a run-on <laughs> Lot. You, I'm not going to dispute the fact that you've always known your bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you didn't share it openly. I, I did not. And the way that it actually came about was during sexy talk. Yes. When we're having sex and chatting with, with each other and we talk about fantasies Yep. And I happened to ask you, who was the last person to turn you on? And yep. you said? The woman at the coffee shop. And yeah. I think that's when I bust my nut. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be honest. That's a great answer. <laughs> Not one that I was anticipating. <laughs> and so. That's for, awesome. <laughs> amazing. And, and for context, was this one year into your relationship were you married at this point maybe at least for people who don't know you a little background just on who you are relationship wise and then we can hear more about the coffee shop girl (laughs) well the bullet points are you know it's kind of crazy i have these moments where i can't believe we've been together as long as we have and at the same time it makes perfect sense we have. So Ryan and I have been together since I was 19 and I am um, about to tip over into my mid forties. I guess I'm mid forties. I'm 44 now. So we've been together a very long time. And the time that we became open. That's 25 years for those people doing the math at home. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good to hear the wheels turn. Right. Right. And, and, we became open, like, like, well, let's, let's be honest. We, we had our dalliances and then we both learned that being open was probably what made sense, but we were actually together. We were definitely married and we were together 
relationship wise, my goodness, it was probably five or five years or at least five or six years before we really started talking about the idea of being open. And some of that was that playfulness around threesome. Some of that was what Ryan shared about who was the most recent person who turned you on. We were very open in our conversations and very, very satisfied in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And even at that point, my bisexuality, you know, Catholic girls start much too late, right? I mean, it's in a song. Mm. The other so, part, yeah. as you're telling this story, just came to me Ooh. that oh, I know what I you're gonna say. Told, yes, you you know you know exactly what I'm gonna say. <laughs> this is like some deep track ginger in the prof trivia. Um, <laughs> we in this time of sexy playing and chatting also went back like old school to like penthouse letters. Okay, and we. And would read each other naughty letters that, you know, other people... Out of a paper magazine. Fictionalized out of a paper magazine. <laughs> um, and in order to not have to stop or, you know, only have partial um, sexual connection, we invented a position where I could be inside of Ginger that we called the reading position. Right. Which essentially was scissoring with my cock inside of her <laughs> and I could prop myself up on my elbow and still read dirty stories to her and part of your bisexuality my awareness of your bisexuality came out of your body's response right. to certain stories yeah and it's like undeniable not that you were trying to deny it but it right. was like your body was getting so turned on by yeah. listening to naughty made up tales of fantasies that never right that's incredible i love that you made up a new position just to read magazines (laughs) stories right we did and we still to this day call it the reading position although really it became then the tumblr position (laughs) and then tumblr sadly but we'll see where but but back to the relationship piece i think that one of the things that I find interesting and I love that you guys ask these questions of us because it gives us the opportunity to reflect. And I don't often think about that phase, but we were very willing to be open from the start and Mm -hmm. hear about each other's fantasies. And we were very curious about each other's sexuality and what turned us on. And we did a fair bit of what seems incredibly tame now, (laughs) but a fair bit of experimenting with things, positions and bondage and, and, and really enjoyed that. And I think that early stage of our relationship where we were monogamous and I say we were monogamous, but there's an asterisk there. I don't know if you want to go into those stories, but we each had our dalliances. Um, mine interestingly was with a professor. (laughs) (laughs) priceless and while we're still still dating while we were dating so that was very early and then ryan had while i was seeing the that professor this professor found himself some companionship as well and that even that that early experience before our marriage with what i would characterize as infidelity on both of our parts because we hadn't previously made an agreement that mm-hmm. we were willing to be open yep. made 
at least me realize that sexual monogamy didn't really mean much to me that, you know, it was much more about does Ryan love me? Does he want to be with me? Is he my partner in crime? Is he my, you know, ride or die? And when that's the case, then the sexual, sexual monogamy felt secondary to the fact that our commitment was so strong. Mm -hmm. And, and I think our handling of those scenarios was prescient in terms of where our relationship took us. Yeah. Um, And that was something I wanted to ask. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that I think you glossed over something very, breezily that most people would end their relationship is is that you both had infidelities fairly early on before you were married but nevertheless you were together how how were you able to work through those and then still come to a place where you felt that you trusted each other enough to then officially open your relationship i think that's a really good question which actually then ties into what I was going to say anyways. So the thing that really struck me as I was listening to Ginger and what you just asked is that we as non-monogamous people ultimately all come around to share a common belief. And that common belief has a lot to do with the fact that we recognize that we are not the be all and end all, that the love story that we were told exists for one person can complete another person is a myth. And Dan Savage talks about it a lot, and other people certainly talk about it. But when when I feel like we all end up at that place, however we got to that place where we share this belief that we can be infallible and still be a good partner. Um, infallible. Sorry that we don't have to be infallible. Thank you for correcting my grammar. Um, but when we look at that, Uh, through the lens of how we can be good partners and not necessarily like just beat ourselves up. Um, Well, and what I would offer too, and that's such a great question, Finn, because I think our experience, and again, this was very, we were very young. Like I, I wasn't, I'm trying to think, was I a teenager? I was not. No, I was, I was 21 years old. That's how old I was. Now that I think about it. So um, I, I happened to be there at the same time Monica Lewinsky was in, in Washington, DC. So there it was, um, it wasn't, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> but that being said, um, I think it, it helped us learn about each other in that we were both like, Oh, that's kind of a turn on. And the fact that we were able to be very honest with each other about our libido, about our attractions to other people, mm-hmm. about the fact that it didn't diminish our attraction to each other. In right. fact, it enhanced over time. It enhanced it. I think the initial shock of trust being broken was almost this sort of mutual, like you two. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm just very grateful. It came to light very early on because I think infidelity in the monogamous community is rampant and, I would easily have seen us if we were perhaps in a different, if we had handled those early things differently, if one of us had shamed each other, more conventionally, 
more right. than we had conventionally been hurt, shocked, damaged, destroyed by this infidelity, these infidelities, then then we may not have we may not have opened our minds to the fact that what we were experiencing was incredibly natural and felt titillating and it was something we shared. Right. I think that was the other piece. That's the part that when I reflect on our history, I'm always I always say to folks when I come out and I come out as bisexual and they go, Oh my gosh, you're bisexual. What does your husband think about that? Well, you know, we're, we have an open relationship. Oh wow. How does that work? All of those things. It's like, I'm just very grateful we landed together because mm-hmm. we, we made decisions early on that could have completely annihilated relationships. And in our case, it actually helped us build our relationship in the direction of being open makes a lot of sense for us for lots of reasons, yeah. but also because it's just something you're we saying that together. we eroticized it. We did eroticize it. Yeah, that's a and great so, point. You know, just yeah. in terms of like hacking it, when we talk about mm-hmm. hacking our relationship right. rules and thinking about how we can take things that sync other relationships and turn them into strengths of ours. Exactly. We've had that example in the past we've talked about where you had gone away to a conference by yourself, had an experience where you got spanked to the point where you were bruised purple. Mm-hmm. That was not something that turned me on. And instead of that becoming a huge thing between us, like you didn't ask for my permission for somebody to mark your body, which by the way, is a Dom sub thing, not a, not a ginger and Ryan yes. permission thing. So that's a power exchange right. thing. Yeah. Part of, our, part of our yeah. dynamic dynamic in our relationship. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. And instead of that becoming like this problem, we reframed it as, Oh, how do we find a solution that we can both live with? Yeah. Um, to make it okay going forward yep. and to make this okay. Because this experience has given us something that we can take forward, look forward, and change for however we want things to be different in the future, as opposed to just looking in the in the past and feeling victimized by that. Absolutely. Right, and it but it still took another four, five, six years after getting together to then come come full circle and realize that opening this officially was was the right strategy? Yeah, I'd say from my perspective, we didn't have a framework. And that's part of what Ginger was referencing when she was talking about going out to life on the swing set and seeing that as a resource that even though she had professional training, including areas of relationships, sex, and sexuality, that um, consensual non-monogamy is not mainstream in the community of sexologists and therapists as being an acceptable relationship. People, I don't want to put words into your colleagues' <laughs> mouth, Ginger, but you know, people bring their own baggage to giving advice to couples. So they have great credentials, they have great experience, but they may not recommend an open relationship when in fact that may be what in fact this couple could, how they could benefit the most in terms of growing closer. Absolutely. What I would also offer, Finn, and that's a great question, is we had some very practical life stuff happen in that that stretch of years that really put our particular relationship 
you know, our relationship. Um, I wouldn't say we sidelined our relationship, but you know, we were at that age where you're just, you're hard driving, yeah. you know, you're, you know, Ryan was traveling. I was heavy duty into my professional stuff. And so there really wasn't the bandwidth for us to actually practically move into an open relationship. And so we were having those conversations. We were still very open and doing the fantasizing and doing the conversation piece of that. But it just practically speaking, wasn't an option until we we actually dipped into it. Flipped the switch. We never flipped the switch. Exactly. So did you start with, once you did flip the switch, did you start with, meeting people like on a, as a kind of swinging where you're all more traditional swinging roles or were you, did you jump into like dating other people kind of more on the poly side of things? So Emma, it's a great question. We actually did the craziest thing in the world, which was we put a profile up on Craigslist. You don't put a profile up. Or we put, put an, an ad on it. Like, Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to make it sound very sophisticated. It wasn't sophisticated. I'm quite it certain was an that ad. anybody who hit... It was an ad, casual encounters. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, where else do you find quality people? <laughs> so, anybody out there starting your consensual non monogamous journey, you could not have started any lower than we started. <laughs> any more um dicey concerning um getting it like yeah it was i I still look back on that and jen how did that turn out for us oh my gosh that so our casual encounter profile as ryan likes (laughs) um sophisticated was something like do you remember the title Um, it was something about healthy athletic and something Healthy athletic? No, it wasn't healthy and athletic. It was athletic, something and something. I don't know. Whatever we are. <laughs> and then it was. Didn't it say, "Are you? Aren't you? Are you? Yeah, I did." <laughs> Do you want to look that up on the internet too? It's while we're there. here, I'm still it. blown away that you found our but blog. But you haven't actually told the rest. Okay. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> So that was, that was the official start. We sat down together in front of the computer and created the casual encounters Craigslist, which was answered by someone who is actually still in our life. It was the woman that we had our first relationship with, um, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Sure. It's not an auction somewhere in there. And she answered our ad having been originally from the Bay area saying, you're not on Craigslist, Craigslist much, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and we started a correspondence from that point on. Right. And that led to she and I having a date. And then she and I having another date when Ryan was there and which was included sushi, no pun intended. And there it was. And then we were together for, Almost three years. Yeah. The three so of us. My Craigslist strategy worked out pretty well. It did. And and so after you found her, there was no, you weren't exploring for other couples, doing the traditional full swap, soft swap, all that. You you kind of found one one person and, and went the relationship route. Actually, stunningly, we got what I would say is 
this amazing experience of having this lightning strike and then meeting this amazing woman who was game to do both and to go to parties. So we actually met her and started our relationship in, I would say late summer and by the Halloween party of our local Maybe not the Halloween party. It was maybe a little after that because we were also starting to go to our local swinger parties and she was game to do that with us. Right. So we were doing both and we right. were actually, and we were very upfront with her about right. that was our intention. Yep. Um, so we ended up accepted that she, she was did. interested and was interested and had so blast. had she's such a, a good time. She's, she's amazing. She's, She's still, again, still in our lives and just had um, dinner. Sometime when we're back on the ago. show, we'll have to tell them the story about when she needed the stripper in the, in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that there. But it wasn't on purpose. And yes, it was priceless. But with that being said, we also, at the same time, had started on probably Adult Friend Finder. Yes. Um, but then also found our local party um, and got into a really cool, fun, sexy, smart group of people all at once. And I look back on that time. It was a stretch of years where we were probably going to parties at least once a month. Mm -hmm. We had great, a really great group of multiple couples. I don't know. It could vary anywhere between four and 12. And then the parties were amazing in and of themselves and she was joining us for those. So we really had what I would say this was this incredible hybrid experience of not really knowing we were in a poly relationship because we didn't really have that languaging yet, but knowing that we cared for this person very much and we were doing a lot of intimate things just beyond, you know, beyond the sex. We were, we were entwined in each other's lives and we were going to these parties and doing the traditional swinger thing where we got dressed up and went to the theme nights and did all of those things. And it was very, um, it was very easeful and we were having a blast. And I feel like that's where we really learned a lot of communication lessons and Mm -hmm. really just, just got a really great start in the ethically non-monogamous world. And everything went from there. Yeah. And, and at that point, was it pretty much smooth sailing those first few years or whether it was jealousy issues or trust issues, maybe coming up from the, the prior infidelities or were there, were there speed bumps that you guys hit or was it, yeah, largely just good times? No, there were speed bumps. Uh, I would say that most of the speed bumps that we had along the way were understanding how, things were developing relative to how we wanted them to be developing. So it's kind of evaluating does how we feel right now match how we want to feel in the relationship at this moment. And that's a piece of discussion that Ginger and I do regularly. Mm -hmm. And part of what we understood to be starting to happen about three or four months after we met her was she had previously identified as being a lesbian and was 
um, really wanting to be in a relationship with Ginger in a in an emotional relationship in a way that was more exclusive than we were what then Ginger was wanting to reciprocate. Is that a fair statement? Can I speak on your behalf? Oh yeah. I would say, I mean, that was the piece of the puzzle. I think that was certainly the first speed bump. And that was our first, I would say that was our first poly speed bump. Right. And we didn't even know it. And you know, it was also our first experience. It was my first experience in relationship with a woman. And so that had its own experience for me and understanding my sexuality and what that meant. And the fact that Ryan was traveling a fair bit and part of what he and I had negotiated. And I say negotiate specifically because it feels like the word you would use if you were creating your swinger rules. <laughs> but in this case, it's really like, well, I hit him saying I travel. I want you to have this companionship. And I know that you're bisexual and this is a part of what fuels you and, oh, and, and fills you up. Right. But yet at the same time, it was all of these firsts. And then when that became the case with that partner where she wanted more um, emotionally from me than I could give only because she wanted it to be more exclusive, we had to briefly end that relationship because, you know, all of this ex experience that I'm having the first time, Ryan's having it the first time as well. Well, His, in ending the relationship, to be more specific, it was not about... Oh, it was a pause. ...burning the shit down. It no, no, no. Gracefully saying, this is how our relationship works. This is what I, as a partner to this other person, am... am looking for and here's what i would like to have from you as in this case my polyamorous girlfriend exactly and i think we were very clear i think we were as clear you as know, we could have been does that work for you and then right. she said no no that's not what i she want said, I no want and i don't know that she knew that that she wanted more until we just all clicked and then we had a very brief pause and then it actually turns out i i love that you lesbian because then she became I identify as lesbian with who in the pleasure the occasional pleasure of the respectful man this respectful man and so it was <laughs> she she's she's a lesbian and yet at the same time she and Ryan really once we once we re-established what it was we were all looking for and then she said no thank you I was thinking you know as we got to grow in our relationship, I want more, I wanted more. She then stepped back and it was only a matter of weeks or right. not quite a month where she pinged us back and said, no, I, I think I want to oh, go out. Oh, I've but given this more thought. I've given this right. more thought. And if you're still interested, I would still very much enjoy what from a poly perspective you might see as more of a triad versus, or I'm sorry, a triangle versus a V. Mm -hmm. where we all had a, an equal relationship and the communication flowed very smoothly. And so I would say that was our first speed bump. And then other than that, I, I would just like to offer, like we have had a pretty fun handful of ridiculous speed bumps, including I think we have a really old blog that apparently we might be able to look up about how we ended up in our bathroom in our own bathroom while there was a play party going on oh, yes. at the hotel. 
when we come back on the that's the one that will do the dramatic reading of. We could do a dramatic reading of that. So yeah, we've had a lot of as those. if we're back in the. We can just add that at the, you'll you'll record a dramatic reading and we'll add it at the end of this episode. <laughs> we certainly can try. We I need a live audience. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll need to make sure the video is working because oh I, I only perform in the nude. Oh, <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so so throughout this whole I don't want to use the words, but in and out relationship with this <laughs> but woman. But you used it. <laughs> glad you did then that was yeah. awesome uh you you were also at the same time exploring going to parties and in, in the traditional swinging realm of things as well right you weren't they weren't exclusive nope Correct. we weren't we weren't and we were having a blast and we met some really amazing people we did and yet still had speed bumps where yeah yeah, yeah i think it was more of the traditional if you know if i were to put a label on traditional swinger speed bumps around you know are you into these folks i'm not going to take one for the team yeah you know not signals i don't i don't ever remember doing signals with you not that there's anything wrong with that right but having the kind of typical push pull around are we into these folks? How might we like to play with them? And being able to have that level of discussion and communication around. Right. Here's, here's what I want in this situation. And I really believe that a lot of the work that we do as individuals in our relationship comes down to knowing ourselves and knowing what we want and being able to bring that to our relationship together. Right. And be able to put words to that so that, you know, you're not communicating for communication's sake. You're communicating with purpose and you're talking about what's important to you. You're talking about how you feel when you need to feel things and you're processing those. But you're also talking about where you're going yeah. and how you want to get there. And you're using your partner and you're, you're holding up your partner to help your partner get to where they want to go. And they're doing the same for you. Yeah. So you're able to use that communication strategically. And that's what I feel like we do in our relationship. Absolutely. And yeah. serve us well through different parts of the different phases we've gone through. Absolutely. Well, and, I, and I think that maybe leads in to the question I wanted to ask, which is, you know, we, we could spend a few hours and go through the full 15 years of everything, <laughs> but, but maybe it would be easier just to ask. So, where where are you today in terms of your relationship style and how how have things shifted and grown since you decided to open this up? Mm. That's awesome. I, I love reflecting on this. And one of the things that I've found that's been interesting is in our case, we've had over the last five years... Uh, some pretty significant life experiences that I would say there's kind of pre these life experiences. They were both pretty significant medical issues that both Ryan and I had to handle to be able to carry on with life and not to be too cryptic, but just, just being in the space of having had some over the last five years, pretty significant 
um, these life experiences that put, put the important things into very clear focus. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is everything that happened before that was very much like the, 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 the first initial relationship and then a lot of fun, a lot of fun swing parties, a lot of dancing, a lot of, you know, just really playfulness, playfulness, perfect, perfect. Yeah. And then having these very heavy life experiences that have really proven to us how resilient we are and also how much we love each other and how much we are in this as, as the two humans that are constantly, we always say we choose each other every day. Right. And how focused we are in manifesting our future. Exactly. And that future looks like dot, dot, dot. Well, I love, I love that, that he goes with, and our future looks like, and then he defers to me for the rest of the sentence. (laughs) 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 So with that being said, our future looks a certain way, but I'm going to defer that for just a second and say that our relationship now, when I look at the trends or the, the flow of what we've experienced, we sort of accidentally started in poly and were very fulfilled by that, learned a lot, moved into a very long, playful stretch where we went from swinger party to swinger party. We danced our pants off. Literally, we went on naked vacations for the first time. We went to swing fests and swing this and swing that and met all these amazing people that do amazing things with their lives. And then we thought, these are definitely our people. Right. Like these are people who love life, who adventure. Right. They're smart. We want to surround ourselves with those folks. And, and I meet more of these awesome people. Meet more of these awesome people from around the world, literally. And then we had these experiences where we really had to move into kind of an internal phase of healing and taking care of each other and um, really just moving through life in a way that that reminded us how precious life is. And now I feel like we've maintained that playfulness Mm -hmm. and we're open to it all. So I feel like that's a big part of it is there was a stretch of time and we were most recently in a relationship for about two years, a little over two years with another woman that ended and it was very triad monogamy. And I didn't realize that's what it was until sort of after the fact. And I realized that that for me certainly took me out of being who I was and who I want to be in a relationship. And I'll let Ryan speak to that. But since then, and you know, it's been a half a year now. I mean, since then for me, it's very much like whatever words you put to it, I just want to go out and play and I want to have my life include as many of these incredible humans that I've met along the way in this sexually free and adventurous culture. And I want to do it with this man who's sitting right here in front of me. And I also know I have very much room in my heart for other people. So I certainly see potential for poly connections, certainly the way we're built a poly connection with another bisexual woman, just the math works out, if you will, which sounds crass. But for me, I know that I'm most fulfilled when I'm in relationship with, with Ryan, a man, and also with 
someone else who I can relate to from that womanly feminine perspective. And I don't mean to be binary there, but that's just where my attractions are. And yet I also still have the space in my heart for that love. And I want to go do the fun things too. I want to, you know, swing and have to desire and be naked a lot. And, Mm -hmm. and I just really see that the lessons we learned during that time when we had to turn inward and over the breakup of this last relationship really has set me on the foundation of knowing that we are not just swingers and we are not just polyamorous folks and we are not just this, that, or the other thing. We have room in our life for it all. And it's what we want. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, you don't want to put yourselves in a box, right? Exactly. Right. But my only addition to that is that I feel like through those experiences that you articulated so beautifully, there has been for us more of an openness and an inspiration or more of an inspiration to be open in public. Yes. In our other communities, our non um, sexuality oriented communities. Yeah. The, the um, Craigslist community, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to come out on Craigslist. <laughs> and like three people would notice that you came out on Craigslist. But yeah, exactly. But yeah, in terms of yeah. just, you know, thinking about how we become more visible to other parts of our communities. Absolutely. Of who we really are. And doing that as a way not to educate them, but just to be able to be visible, be, be to be visible out. and to live our true selves. Live our truth. Yeah. Every without yeah. having to like, you know, describe this person that we're bringing to all of our family events as our friend. Exactly. Um, which just doesn't feel ingenuous. I would say we will never do again. And no, that, I won't. That is the There's last. No way I would ever do that. Again. Yeah, and that's the last piece I want to offer to to that question is I feel like we've lived the life we've lived up until this point because we're ready to be out, but we're also just, we've, we're older. We're more established in our careers. We're this, we're that, we're the other thing. We we've set the foundation and also we've lived enough life to hit a certain point where we know being out is important to us. And I wouldn't say we're fully out, but we're, we're fairly out in our community at this point. And part of what I foresee, and I think what Ryan certainly just shared is we will being out and being who we are visibly is the next phase. Right. And it it sounds like the, the health and life circumstances that you were dealt the last few years really impacted the way that you decided to approach the entire thing. I was curious on the flip side, do you feel like the fact that you were open and that you had the communication to navigate these types of relationships for roughly 10 years before that, do you think that made navigating those circumstances easier? I would, I would say, I would say without question. Absolutely. I mean, I think that when you 
have these experiences that, and, and let's be honest, let's think about this. And I, you know, I throw this to, to the two of you to think about too. It's like, you know, a lot of what happens in our world, um, you know, as we say, our lives aren't like other people's, like a lot of things can, that are sort of middle of the road to us can seem incredibly extreme to those who have traditional or, or very conservative or conventional relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I would feel like indeed a lot of what to us doesn't feel extreme because it was just our relationship and how we dealt with things. And, you know, the emotion of Ryan going to see a lover on a business trip when I know he's, you know, spent a night with her or a couple of nights with her or something that was our normal. And yet I was, I would still have emotions and we'd still have to handle things. And we talked about reentry or we talked about this. And so I would say just, just by nature of having to handle what felt like heavier emotions than you would experience in a traditional relationship, certainly honed our communication skills to say things, you know, I, I, I say it often direct, honest communication, and we are as direct as it gets. And I would offer that is that's who we are to other people these days as well as we're just straight up direct. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a great awareness Finn, And thank you for sharing that question because mm-hmm. I'd never really made that connection before, but things like having to make medical decisions in a hospital and say hard things to your partner who's in a really dire position medically, like you can't candy coat that. And so I think we were practiced at saying, as I also say, we say to each other, say the hard things and say the beautiful things. And we were very practiced at saying the hard things. So I think it definitely, for me, gave me the skill and the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The not motivation, but the, the, the guts, I guess, to say some of the things I had to say to Ryan when things were looking really tough for him medically. And, and I just said them and I was like, okay, there it is. Boom. Now what, what do we do? Moving on, finding solutions. What do you want? So (laughs) a hand job. You want you wanted hand jobs and you wanted blowjobs. We, we had a negotiation around hand jobs and blowjobs. Because ejaculating was probably not the best option at that particular time, sir. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had a brain injury. I'm not saying my judgment was 100. <laughs> percent That's fair. So, I'm curious your answer to that question, Ryan. Remind me what the question was. Just if if our past experiences in the relation in our relationship built us up to a place where that kind of communication was, was easier, more easeful, more, although you were in a different place. So maybe I was in a different place for that, but I I can certainly speak to the recovery piece because as I was recovering from a brain injury, I was simultaneously trying to figure out who I was and what I was becoming and realizing, you know, my life is not about trying to get back to the person that I was before my brain injury. My life is about figuring out what my best self is today. Mm. And I'm doing that simultaneous to, to negotiating and talking with Ginger about how our relationship is changing. 
And I would say that upon reflection, the question leads me to say that whenever we are putting ourselves into new situations, we are creating stressors. And one of the things that I think is really important about communication within open relationships is we are able to practice with safe and I would hope consensual play to be able to have these new experiences and then be able to reflect on them and understand how we can incorporate each of those pieces into ourselves and use them going forward um, in a safe space with our partners so that when pardon the expression, when the shit really hits the fan with <laughs> ultimate stressors, you've used that muscle. You, yeah. You've practiced. You know how to make decisions during a stressful situation mm -hmm. that are consistent with your values and your partner's values. Because mm -hmm. you guys have talked about it. You've practiced it. Mm -hmm. You've right. been through this experience in all these little micro traumas to use, you know, a uh, loaded term yeah. no, that's you know, because depending on how you approach the lifestyle, you could definitely look at each experience as having something that somebody could look at and say, you hurt me when this happened. Yeah. So I was traumatized mm -hmm. through this experience. So all these experiences, whether we call them traumatic to any degree, still lead us to have new information about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that new information about ourselves is what helps us build that muscle so that when we really need to jump to it and make decisions about the future, we do that in ways where our vines are still intertwined. Yes. Yeah. I think that's very well put. And, yes. And yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know it was, uh, knowing a little bit about your background, knowing it was not an easy, easy time for you. So thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. Thanks for giving us the platform to share it. Absolutely. And at the risk of jumping around a little bit, I wanted to circle back on you were talking about coming out more in your community and to the, I guess the, the places where you're not as out as you were before, as, to the places where you're not as out right now. Uh, and yeah. so over the last 15 years or something is, is the, your relationship, your relationship style really been hidden from most of the other people in your life? It was, I wouldn't say hidden, but we were discreet. And, you know, that's a, to me, a distinction in intent. And yeah. part of, I think, as Ginger talked about our history in the partying and fun phase there is a certain level of discretion that you use around the water cooler with colleagues about, you know, what you really did over the weekend. And <laughs> that's just a good company policy and B good manners. Right. Yes. In mixed company. And so I feel like that was a huge factor for me during that phase was just these folks don't need to know all the details. Right. And I was actually just at a um, lunch a couple of weeks ago with a former work colleague. I didn't even tell Ginger this. Ooh. We had just gotten back from Mexico and happened to go out to lunch with actually about four or five former work colleagues. But my closest friend at my old company 
comes out and tells the entire table of former colleagues that I just got back from Mexico and I vacationed there because I can be naked. <laughs> what literally outed me. Everybody was like, of course. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, we think we're hidden, but right. we're not. I mean, we're not. we are who we are. Right. We talk about <laughs> dancing on Thursday nights. Right. You know, dragging your ass into the office on Friday morning, and people are like, what happened to you? Or like, well, uh, it was 80s night down at the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you, know, to, and, you know, I think people get the clue. <laughs> I think that's so funny. And, and, you know, it's funny you say that, Emma, because I – of course have the double whammy of the fact that I do what I do out in the world in our local area. And so my job deals with sex. Right. So I always, so Ryan shares that, you know, he shared with some colleagues or, you know, some friends, I should say it wasn't all colleagues, but you know, the people he's closest to little bits and pieces. Like you might share, you know, when people ask, Oh, where do you go on vacation? We want to find an all inclusive too. My line is always, well, do you like to vacation naked? Because our, where we go is, is a naked resort. And, and then they go, Oh, they are either intrigued immediately or they change the subject. And so I feel like we have been discreet, um, for, for that reason. And also because of just locally, we, um, you know, being business owners is a factor for us. And so just being mindful of what that means in your community, but then also like hitting a certain place and maybe it's where we are in our lives. Maybe it's what we've been through over the last stretch of years. Maybe it's the culture, maybe it's, you know, tipping into midlife and giving no fucks whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I think that at this point, most of the people in my orbit know all about me. Mm-hmm. And I've also taken to finally feeling like the professional threat, if you will. And, you know, let's be honest, it, it can be an actual threat for some people that they come out as polyamorous or they come out as non-monogamous or they get their photo taken at a swinger party or the rumor mill starts and they, they could lose their job. I mean, that's still real. And so I don't want to diminish that, but I feel like in our case, we, we were discreet, then we selectively shared. And now we're at a place where we're just Mm -hmm. openly sharing with the people who asked the question. And I would say if, if people are asking questions about my sexuality or asking questions about our relationship in a good natured way, then those are people who can receive that information. And so before I would always say the thing that was true, but not the whole truth. Right. And I would say, Oh, we just go to, you know, you gloss over it. Oh, we just go to a place in Mexico and, or you just like say, say whatever you say, we went dancing or whatever. And now I feel like, and I just had one of these experiences recently with someone who's a new friend that I adore and he's an amazing man. And he got chatting about a party that he went to when he lost his favorite shirt. And he was talking about a little, little, um, 
sex romp he had with six other gentlemen. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. And he gave me that side look like, ooh, so much fun, do tell. And so I said, well, you probably, you know, um, Brian and I are polyamorous and we're open and, you know, we, we see other people, we date other people and bisexual. So I just gave him the bullet points. He was like, and he just didn't even bat an eyelash. Like he absolutely already had the vibe. He just yeah. didn't have the facts. And I think the last piece I will say about your question is it just feels so liberating and freeing mm -hmm. to not be afraid to share your facts. Right. It's just the facts. I don't, well, I don't need to story tell. Although if you want to listen, that sounds fun too. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I just want to offer that you left out, if it's okay, is for Please. me to talk a little bit about the impact of our last relationship on that as well. If you'd like to, sure. We were in relationship with the person that you mentioned for a couple of years, mm -hmm. semi recently ended yep. six months or so ago. Yep. And we were not, explicitly out in that relationship we were not we not completely we despite were the fact that i was very much wanting to be and we were selectively out but right part of the main consideration of that was that our partner at the time was not ready to be out exactly which and i respect so yeah you try to respect that you work through that you know but it kind of does end up entangling us in this web of who knows what, and it's yep. not who we are and that's right. not where we're heading. And we're going to only have more of the, this is out in all of us. So that was like, I just wanted to offer that as one of the takeaways that we had talked about from yes. a relationship that thankfully has ended because it wasn't serving us. Yeah. It was and that unhealthy. was one of the ways it was not serving us. Right. It was very unhealthy and, and, you know, not because we had to respect a partner's, interest in being not, not out because I very much respect that, but it definitely certainly made me realize how much, um, I, I feel like having landed at the place of having enough of my life lived in a closet and, I could talk about this forever, but I won't, I'll just like leave it here and maybe we'll talk more another time. I don't want to just completely go on about this, but it made me, that experience made me realize how damaging it is to look how I look and be in a, what appears to be a very heterosexual suburban marriage <laughs> in some ways and be who I am, which is a queer woman, a bisexual woman, and, and being able to be who I am includes being able to share partners I have. And with that being said, just noticing before how I didn't, I didn't feel that same level of, oh, I don't want to use the word oppression, but that same level of of weight, of burden, of people don't really see who I am in mm -hmm. this. And, and, and being able to say that just simply being able to say out loud to someone and I've had this, you know, I can count on two hands, the, the number of times I've had this experience, but I welcome it so many more times where I get to say to someone, Oh, well I'm bisexual. And they say, Oh, 
well, I didn't have any idea. And then, of course, that leads then, it begs the question, well, you're bisexual, you're partnered with a man, you're married, the monogamy is the assumption, and then it leads to sharing about the open relationship. And for the most part, we've had only positive experiences with that. Mm -hmm. And that, therefore, you know, that momentum is just, it's so comforting and it's so... It feels so fulfilling to be wholly and completely who you are. And so certainly, as Ryan said, we know that as we move forward into relationships in the future, being out with a partner who is going to be of the polyamorous persuasion, meaning, you know, someone who's in our lives, who we see every day, who we take to functions, it's going to be incredibly important to us that being being out and being able to share this person with the people we love and being able to share who I am completely with the people around me that I love is, is not negotiable any longer. It's, 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 it's fundamentally important to who I am and how I feel in my skin and how I feel fulfilled in my life. And I I would, I don't want to speak for you, Ryan, but I feel like that's exactly what you're saying about our relationship. So well, and I feel like based on what you've just said and what you said a few minutes ago about your the life experiences you've had medically sort of gave you that well here we are this is this is us we don't really care what you think and combine that with we've had a few good experiences of telling people and uh the world didn't end our our lives weren't ruined it's sort of giving you that perspective to say, well, there's really no reason to keep hiding this from people at this point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I that's think, a, yeah, that's a beautiful summary. And thank you for saying it that way, because just listening to hear you say it, Finn, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's awesome that we have the privilege of, having you on the show, you know, and our, our hope is that more and more people hear this and, and the more and more stories we can get out there, that more people are, are able to feel that same way that it's, it's okay to share. And again, as you said, not everybody has that privilege, but the ones who do, hopefully they're able to exercise it. And yeah. Yeah. So we went to some surprising places for me today. (laughs) <laughs> expect to go back to infidelities yeah like we covered some ground i was like what we, we covered some serious ground to, to be fair I, I think you took yourselves there most of the time so <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to re- rewind the tape i need to check the tape on that one <laughs> we'll play it in slow motion it had a hard driving question right okay, so I wanted so, to see if we could end really quick kind of on a on a funny note. And I wanted if one or maybe one or two stories of something fun or silly that happened in blooper time. Blooper time, yes. And maybe it is your ending up in your own bathroom together at a at a sex party you threw. Honestly, that wasn't fun at all. That included a lot <laughs> very angry whispering. Have you ever, have you ever argued? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Yes. You think you're 
quiet because you're whispering, but you're actually in a bathtub that's reverberating all of what you're whispering to each other back into the sex party. <laughs> so, so looking back on it, that was hilarious. It wasn't fun at the time. Yeah. That was like, that was bad news. That was bad. That was, yeah. that was like, that was like some serious... <laughs> That was intense. Let's just put it that way. But I'm trying to think. For me as well. Yeah. It was, that was not fun, but we survived and it was awesome. And I actually, yeah, that was, I, I don't even know that I can remember more of the details of that, but that part wasn't fun. So one of the funny stories Uh-oh. in my mind from when we were in our roaring whatevers, <laughs> like I'm simply turning, but I don't know our mid, our midlife party stuff that you were describing earlier. Okay. Was I still have no idea after we were on a date with a couple, local couple, went to their hotel room. Okay. Played with them. Still got not a call, <laughs> Got a call from another couple friend. Oh, <laughs> went to their hotel. Played with them in the middle of the night. <laughs> like totally got the booty call. <laughs> Answer the booty call. Oh Cha-ching. my gosh, that Remember was that? priceless. And got home at seven a.m. <laughs> I was there. So we one little quick, quick fun story. We fist bump high five because, and some that may be familiar with some folks, um, because when you're going for the high five and you go for the fist bump, and one of you goes for one and one of you goes for the other, but now we've done the thing where you have to do it a certain way, where one person is high fiving and the other person is fist bumping. So that's kind of our jam. So we just fist bump high five over that. I got to be honest, that night was crazy. And I still to this day, I'm like, what? But everybody knew everything. Like, it wasn't like we were like, we're not going over it. Like the booty call totally knew exactly what we were doing before that. And they were like long standing friends and they were like, bring it. And wow, they were, it was like two 30 in the morning. And they were like, it was like, <laughs> they were so ready. They were DTF, like hardcore. And we were just like, wow, okay. So I guess we're doing this. So to this day, I still have a moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, we are so slutty. It was so fun. <laughs> um, so that was a fun one. And I'm trying to think. Um, I just think about some of the times that, oh gosh, I, I just some of the f- most fun times for me are when Ryan gets like, I-, I see him get in his game and I watch him like, I, I see him. <laughs> That's the blooper time. <laughs> just like, I don't know. Like, it's just fun to, I, it's my compersion high. So I, I wouldn't leave it in a, it's not oh, very specific. Don't what? Go s- I was, oh, I thought you were going to give my game up. Oh, no. I was going to say, game I don't shame. think Emma's like, no. got my game. <laughs> game. <laughs> Maybe I dealt a, a card or two, but I don't think she got the whole game. You are the most Not yet. person. And so when I say game, I don't mean like in any way like game. No. Like, I just mean, like, I love watching you having a good time. I love watching you flirt. And I love watching you you are an incredibly generous man and, and gentleman. And I love watching you 
give what I know you are capable of giving to another woman. And it's such a compersion high. Mm, And so I absolutely love that. And what I love is when we are out dancing or that's happening and we've had a, a handful of times where we're doing that and it's in this sort of, how do I put it? like the middle space, like we're not actually at a swing club, but there's a lot of edge to things. And we are pretty decent at uncovering swingers in the wild these days. We, we can, we, you know, speak the language. And so every once in a while, I'm like, Oh man. Oh, always talking, always dancing with her. Oh, I think he just bought her a drink. Okay. And so I'm always wondering like, (laughs) home with us tonight. Who is this? And so For me, I just still very much love watching you in that space because it just is, it's a turn on for me. I know what an amazing lover you are to, you know, if we're going to tell stories, um, one of our most recent experiences, and I'll end here. One of my most recent experiences, um, was we went to, I'll just be specific because why, why the hell not? Here we go. We went to Austin to Camp Ravish, um, this past year or, oh, I think, yeah, this past year. And we had a great time and Coop was there and we got to, he and I presented and then you and I had some really great, Brian and I had some really great sessions, if you will, with couples, just really having what seem to be casual conversations, but it's really like everyone's there to learn and to work on the relationship or learn some new kinky stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And an amazing woman who was very clearly attracted to Ryan. And I was loving watching them flirt from afar. And then of course, one of the things I often do is I will connect with that woman because I want her to know everything that's happening is really fun and exciting and awesome. And I want her to feel freedom in her flirting and freedom in her touching or kissing or whatever might be happening. Even if it's casual during the day we were at camp and we had the experience of uh, inviting her to our hotel room the last night we were in Austin and had a night's worth in morning too. My gosh, it was so like, it was, it was so bright. By the time, I mean, anyway, it was a long <laughs> night, long, delicious night. But part of what was amazing was watching her give the most exquisite blowjob I've ever seen in my entire life to the extent that Ryan waved me off. Like we were giving him a dually. Like he was, he had two mouths on his cock and he was like, um, honey, can you just, I just, he didn't say words, but he just, it, you know, it was that very casual. You're thirsty, right? Why don't you go get a drink? Don't you have to go to the bathroom, do something anybody? else right now because it's blowjob. <laughs> you're fucking it up. <laughs> Is anybody getting Picasso's way? <laughs> <laughs> so that to me was one of our most recent fun experiences that was completely unexpected and super hot. And she's still someone that we connect with and that we'll hopefully see again at some point um, in the future. But I just remember having this super compersion high, but also having this moment where it's like, you know, you've been doing this a while. You feel like you've seen everything. And then you see a blowjob that blows your mind so much. You have to sit back and watch so you can learn. 
That was awesome. And you amazing blowjobs. Oh, well, thank you. That's my consolation. My little consolation. Hi, <laughs> honey. They're, they're amazing, really. Oh, I, no, I love giving off. blowjobs. No, <laughs> you know, it's a whole circle when Ryan tells me to fuck off or I tell him to fuck off. That's all I love. But yes, I love giving blowjobs. I give them because I enjoy giving them. And I also try to make them good for you. But to be, I did not feel any competitiveness at all with this a lovely, amazing woman. I, there was I nothing but compersion. And I will continue to work on my blowjob um, skills because it's fun for me. And I love pleasing you and anyone else I'm giving blowjobs to. So there's that. I love the aspect to the story. My point of that was that you give a great blowjob, so therefore are a good, great judge of blowjobs. Ah, yes. It was amazing. I was trying to elevate you. It, was it didn't come across that way. No, no. <laughs> Trust me. I got it. I, it, was, it was amazing. And that, that I will offer was completely unexpected. And that's when, you know, not to bring it to like a moral of the story thing, but here we are. Um, it was so organic and easy and fun because we were just being who we are. Right. And we were being who we are. We were sharing authentic attraction. We are intellectually and emotionally and sexually attracted to this lovely, lovely woman that we look forward to right. seeing again. Well, and she was so curious about us. It was beautiful. And it was so much fun to be able to share, just like you guys are, yeah. you know, kind of questions about our background. And that was not our experience in our prior romantic tri- um, triad relationship. That former partner, upon reflection, was not curious at all about our former relationship. In fact, if she could have dismantled it piece by piece, she would have. Yeah, that is. But, you know, just circling back to noticing that um, our attraction is holistic. Yeah, right. And both come to a place where we can allow each other to have holistic attraction to another human being. And that includes emotion mm-hmm. and it feels the best for us. Right. And we can get off on the fun sexual stuff, which I love telling stories. And it was also equally as, as intellectually stimulating and emotionally stimulating and somebody that I look forward to having in our life for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yay. Well, That's a great story. And I, <laughs> I think something you touched on in there is the, the holistic piece in, in, of your relationship. And I think it's a, it's a great place to sort of wrap it up and say that I, th- and I guess that we've seen in the last hour or so that you guys have started maybe with some infidelity and then you went the poly swinger route and then you went poly and then you're, kind of went through some some real life stuff and and we know personally too that right you have kids you have jobs you you live full lives and that hearing the joy that you two have in recent experiences that i don't know it just it it has come full circle and you're you Mm -hmm. seem to be in an amazing place and i think i think that's really fun for us to hear yeah and and I think it's fun for the listeners to hear too, that there's going to be ups and downs, but here's where they can be if they allow themselves to get there. And so, yeah, I think wanted to say thank you for coming on and that we hope, you know, you're always welcome on the show, even though 
it didn't take the most linear of paths right. <laughs> to get here. It was an amazing conversation, and and you can come back any day, any time, and you're welcome. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I I just want to thank you both for creating your show and for sharing what you do and for changing the lives that you do because for every couple or person who's telling a story, it resonates with so many other people. And that's something that I don't take lightly having been on swing set for so many years now. And before being very, very reticent to recognize the fact that anyone listens to the show and then, you know, four million plus downloads later, you have a moment where you're like, yeah, people are listening and it's good that they are. And it's really not about me. It's not about us who make these, these, um, these shows, these projects. It's really about the folks who are listening and being able to take what you all have created and integrate it into their lives. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to diminish the work that you do on your show. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for having mm-hmm. us on your show. Yep. We will come back anytime you wish to have us on. And Finn, I want to particularly thank you for being very good at summarizing our long meandering conversation. <laughs> wow. Well, into points. I get a lot of you, practice. Hey. Excellent. <laughs> and you may be providing interpretive services for us in the future. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. I'll be a mediator. No problem. Emma, it sounds like you and I might share the circuitous route where stories Uh, are concerned. Yes. Very, very much so. (laughs) So our podcast, if we did one together, would be eight hours long. Exactly. But it, but it would cover four minutes worth of material. (laughs) I want to have Finn come to one of the workshops that we're doing ginger. Right literally interpret <laughs> people remember the folks that when we're at desire they stood up and they're saying whatever you got whatever language you guys are working on right now is not resonating it's not, our, it's not it's, it doesn't resonate yeah, were you, were you guys language. there when we had when you had that conversation i we missed that one or i would no, have, i would have said lovely. something no it was lovely and it was awesome and i love that we were able to have that conversation but we do tend we you know we go deep we go deep really fast Ooh, that got sexy really fast um <laughs> but but thank you yes for taking what when, when we're appropriately warmed up yeah that's fair yeah so so that means a lot and and thank you for letting us tell our story because it's not very often that we get to sit and look each other in the eye and we took some stuff out of the archive we we certainly did so awesome. wonderful yeah well, thank you so much and and we will here do a fake goodbye so thank you again and have a wonderful night and we will talk soon yeah sounds great thank you guys welcome back to the end of the show where Finn and Emma jam around a little bit Jammer. <laughs> I just made up that word. <laughs> That's a good word, yeah. It's a good idea. Really, really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks to Ginger and the Prof. We had a fantastic time talking with them. Actually, we didn't really do that much talking, as you probably listened to, but it was still great. I think some of them just skipped right to the end to hear us talk. <laughs> yeah. If they did, here's a quick little treat, and this is what I'll call how to make and save lots of money. Okay. First one, Scott's Cheap Flights saved tons and tons of money on 
airfare. Again, not affiliated with the show, but we love them and we use them, so you should too. Mm -hmm. The other one is Personal Capital. Yes. Slightly affiliated with the show. It's a free resource, but we do get a little bit of support from them if if you use the links. Mm -hmm. So... Save yourself some money, save yourself some energy, and put all your bank accounts in one spot. Go go, go take care of your shit. Yes. And help us out. Go use the links on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And next week, we have... We got a special double header. Yeah, we do. On Monday, March 18th, it will be a special release with a couple, Amanda and David, and they actually are creating an app called hashtag open we'll talk lots more about that we'll hear their story but we're really excited to be bringing you this and a couple other new resources coming down the pipes here Mm -hmm. um so it's they are not paying us to do this this is just a we kind of came in touch with them and are really excited to to share this resource with you so again Come in Monday and listen to what they have to say. I think you'll find it as awesome as we do. Yes, and then we'll actually have a regular release on Wednesday, March 20th, too. So that will be with a couple named Heather and Mike. Yeah, that one's good, too. So next week, look forward to two episodes. Woohoo! Double the Finn, (laughs) double the Emma. Kind of, mostly double the guests. Yeah, well, were there two? (laughs) Okay, let's go. Bye, everyone.